Welcome to Podcasts Into Avernus. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Fans of D&D have been clamoring to hear more about Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus ever since we announced it at D&D Live 2019. To celebrate the launch of this adventure, Daniel Kwan from Asians Represent and Victoria Rogers from the Broadswords put together a group of D&D live play podcasts to create seven one-shot stories, each focusing on the characters racing through different planes of the multiverse, eventually bringing Celestials, searching for Lulu the Holyphant, to the first layer of the Nine Hells of Vernus. By listening to all seven episodes of Podcast Into Avernus, you'll get tons of background information on important NPCs in the adventure and maybe find one or two new live play podcasts you might want to follow. To find out more about these groups and Baldur's Gate Descent Into Avernus, available everywhere September 17th, head to dnd.wizards.com slash PIA or check out our live video programming on twitch.tv slash dnd. Have fun listening to this episode of Podcasts Into Avernus, brought to you by How We Roll and DM'd by Joe Trier, starting in the Shadowfell. Hello, and welcome to this very special episode of How We Roll Podcast. My name is Joe Trier, and I will be your dungeon master in this thrilling tale of humour, horror, and hijinks. You can find our show at HWR Podcast on Twitter, at HowWeRollPodcast.com, and anywhere that you can download podcasts. Before we start our story, let's introduce our players. Hi, my name is Owen, and you can find me on Twitter at HowWeRollOwn. Owen is spelled E-O-G-H-A-N, because Irish spellings. I'll be playing Merc. The Tortle Bard. Hi, my name's Lisa Lee. You can find me at Lisa Bell on Twitter, uh, L-I-I-S-A-B-E-L-L-E, and I'll be playing Shine, the Elven Rogue. Hey, my name's Dave. Uh, you can find me at Nowhere. I'm a social media Luddite. Uh, I will be playing Jax, the Tabaxi Fighter Samurai. Hello, my name is Kalum. You can find me at Roll is pod. I hope it's in the description because it's a nightmare to spell. I will be playing Duno Ramuleto, a, a Gloomstalker Ranger, Deep Gnome. So, each of you have your reasons for leaving the infamous city of Baldur's Gate, not least of which is the recent unrest which has caused so much worry and misery in the city over the past few weeks. Whatever your reasons, you find yourselves on a coach, travelling east through the grass plains and low hills on your way to the city of El Churel. Travelling by coach is hardly glamorous, but for those who do not possess the means for magical transport, travelling by coach is one of the fastest ways to get somewhere, or in some of your cases, leave somewhere quickly. <laughs> you sit back on the hard benches and find your eyes drifting over the seamlessly endless farm and ranch land outside. Although this area is once ominously named the Fields of the Dead, there is little outside to catch your eye, and you find yourselves drifting off into your own thoughts, whatever they may be. Suddenly, 
the coach jolts and comes to a crashing halt. You have no memory of falling asleep, but that is what you must have done, for outside is dark, and all you can see through the open windows of the coach is a thick mist blanketing the dark skeletal forms of the decaying forest. I need you to all make me intelligence checks. Woo, here we go! Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm so glad I didn't <laughs> make a dump stat for a finish. Dump stats! 19, 17 plus 2. <laughs> 5 plus 2, 7. 10. 19. Okay, so Shine and Merc, you have studied the area, or at least you have knowledge of the geography of the area, and there is no forest between Baldur's Gate and El Turel. Certainly not one like this. As you peer out the windows, you see deep, thick black mud below. The forest disappears into a grey mist, and we, all you can hear is the ominous sounds of the horses whinnying worryingly. Ah. Uh. Shine, you look down at your hands, and you are horrified to see that they are they have aged horribly. Your ageless el- elven hands are now wrinkled, and you look out the window and you realise that the nightmare that has been haunting you these past years is now true. Oh no, 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 no. No. Have any of you done this? Uh, what's... what's going on? We're not on the road to El Torel. Does she look different to us? She does. She's kept herself to herself, and from the moment you got in, you, you didn't really see what she looked like. She was hooded, and you'd definitely seen a beautiful, very pale-skinned elf. Ageless, as many elves seem, but now she, she looks ancient and withered. But, well, I, I, I must say, um... Are you all right, miss? You, you look a bit, um... Uh, <clears throat> uh, different to, to when we set off? You could... You could say that I, um... I... Uh... Shine's gonna take a... A small... A small, tiny... Bottle... Out of her pouch... And take a hit... Put it back... Um see a small ritual of, of hand movements and fingers and um she casts false life on herself um we this is not the road to El Torel anymore this is um a place I never ever thought I'd be uh, are you saying uh, we're not on the road anymore I assume we're in, like, the, the, the wagon trains of the Old West. The the covered wagon, two banks of seats opposite each other. Um, two banks of seats opposite each other, but this is more of a formal wooden wagon. So think more kind of like 1820s, you know, sort of Victorian. That, yeah, that's what yeah. I was saying. Um, um, suddenly there's a jerk, and the whole wagon lurches forward for a moment as the uh, two horses outside jerk against their traces and whinny loudly. Um, Jixarl sort of awkwardly half stands up in a and just pounds on the roof. I say, uh, driver, be careful with the horses. There is no answer. The um, slightly overweight, friendly driver that took you in uh, in at Baldur's Gate makes no sound. I don't think 
the driver's there anymore. Mark's leaning out the window, kind of looking forward to the front of the carriage. No, no, he wouldn't be. I'm going to kick open the door and swing up to the driver's seat. Your bags are still there. The horses are, are, are straining against their traces, but there is no sign of the driver. Ahead in the mist, you see this muddy, winding road between these skeletal trees, and at your very edge of your sight, very edge of your vision, you can see a figure, completely black, silhouetted in the centre of the road, arms out as if crucified, completely black, shadowy, you can't see any details. It says about 60 feet away, or it's about 60 feet away. Uh, As soon as I see Shine jump on the top of the carriage, I follow. The horses lurch forward again as you climb out, and I need you to make me me an athletics or acrobatics as the the wagon, sorry, the carriage jerks forward and you feel yourself losing your footing. Uh, Mark doesn't think this is a good idea, guys. Uh, I think we should be careful. 16? Um, And as you say that, um, Jax almost loses his footing. Are you doing athletics or acrobatics, Jax? Acrobatics. Um, But he nimbly grabs onto a handle and flips himself onto the top of the, the carriage. And you see there is no sign of the, uh, the the driver, but there is the two horses straining against it. And in the distance, do you have dark vision? Yes, I do. Um, so in the distance, you can see this dark figure, arms outstretched, as if crucified, just staring at you as if it's taunting you in the distance. I just want to grab the grab all the reins and traces and easy, easy, easy. Try to calm. Give me a, a handle animal roll, please. Okay. I don't have anything for that. So yeah, just straight wisdom. Oh, well then, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen's enough. So you, the the horses come to your touch, and um, they they begin to kind of whinny softly, but they're no longer pulling against the traces and causing the the wagon to jerk the carriage to jerk forward. Um, do no burn yeah. and uh, step down the ladder. Um, so. Uh, climbing down the stagecoach. Uh, I'm a bit careful, so I'm seated uh, on the the steps. And uh, when I'm seated on the last steps, uh, because due to my height as a gnome, uh, my feet don't quite reach, and it's only then that, that I jump. I think it's being careful after seeing the thing jerking out. Okay, so you you hop down and immediately, and um, this would be kind of up to the knees on a, <laughs> a human-sized creature, but on a gnome, it's more like your waist in freezing cold, um, black mud. Hey, someone help me! I'm stuck! I'm stuck! <laughs> what is this place? Ignoring him, I get my bow out of the luggage and string it. Standing atop the, the stagecoach. Um, so you turn around, you reach behind you, and string your bow in a quick, easy motion. And when you face forward again, you're sure there are now two figures ahead of you, both completely still, arms outstretched. And even at, even with your amazing vision at this distance, all they are is black silhouettes. But you're sure that just behind the, the first, maybe six or seven feet, another one is appeared. So at this point, Mark is going to decide maybe he should go out and help uh, his fellow travellers and takes the door to stagecoach uh, using his great club just to balance himself as he goes down the steps 
Uh, hey buddy, um, I can help you out of this. I'm gonna try and pick up um, Dunno and just aid him onto the front of the carriage. Ah, thank you very much. Uh, who who are those guys? Those scarecrow-looking guys. I don't know. I'm quite good to see quite far in the dark, but uh, I cannot tell who what they're about. Uh, they doesn't doesn't feel like something is right, or uh, I don't like this situation. I think we should all uh, get our stuff and uh, arm for the worst. Maybe we just ask him where we are. <laughs> well, I definitely do that, but uh... hey, <laughs> hey, you there? Where are we? Your the sound of your voice is muffled by the thick mist, and then you look down, you see that tendrils of it are beginning to curl what? underneath the wagon, <laughs> and the the figures in the distance, the sort of scarecrow-looking figures are beginning to disappear as the mist is floating in and they're now just hazy silhouettes. Although, there seems to be three of them. Do I know anything in nature that would look like those tendrils coming out of the mud? Um, it's tendrils of mist. Uh, oh, okay. Wow. Uh, in short, we don't really get mists and mud and stuff, so uh, maybe on second thought, arming up preparing for the worst is a good idea. I'm... I'm... Mark, uh, Merc, by the way. What, 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 what? By fine to meet you, Merc. Uh, we did introduce ourselves when we when we first sat on the carriage. We have spent something like eight hours in what might be called cramped quarters up until now. Oh yeah, Jax, I remember. <laughs> uh, Mistress Shine, I get the impression that this is not a particularly friendly place. Perhaps we should, uh, continue moving? Uh, agreed. Agreed. Um, no. Right now, wait a minute, uh, you, Mrs. Chine. You it seemed like you you knew uh, an awful lot uh, about this place. You you were not like surprised like the rest of us. You you seemed to be concerned about being here. Like you you know what it was all about. What is this place? Uh, Shine removes her hood and looks back at you, and and uh, you kind of see for a minute. It looks like maybe you, that was the face that you saw before of a very pale elven woman with white hair and black streaks in it and delicate, delicate ram horns that curled behind her ears. And as the cloak comes off, her hair fades, her skin ages like her hands. It becomes very, very, very aged. Um... Her hands are shaking, and uh, she says, "This, this is um, this is literally the stuff of of, of nightmares. Uh, I've seen this place in dreams, and that's uh, all I know. But these dreams, these dreams, don't stop. Don't ask me where to go. I, I, I just, it just, we're we're all in it now." I don't know if I'm to blame. Is the cart moving at this point? Is the wagon moving at this point? No. But the uh, the horses are, like, winning softly, but very, very nervous. Is Duno still in it? By that I mean, is he still uh, buried in 
no, Mert has lifted you out, so you're on top of the on top of the carriage with the others. I just want to ease those horses forward, just easy. Just walk them forward and see if they can handle the mud. At first, they look like they're not going to. They strain against the traces. The carriage sort of jerks forward, and then, with a, a slimy sucking sound, it begins to edge forward through the mud and through the mist. Good, good, good boys, good boys. I just keep keep them, keep keep the reins lightly on them so that they are uh, distracted from the crazy world around them enough to have to pay attention to my hands as we walk forward. So you, the carriage moves forward. Um, it, at first, the, the mist is surrounding you so thickly and so deeply, there's no sign of the figures ahead. But suddenly, the mist parts and you see the first figure. It's grinning sackcloth head, um, standing atop a wooden pole with a rotting coat. It is a scarecrow, or at least a horrific facsimile of one. And it kind of leers at you with inanimate menace. Mistress Shan, perhaps we should um, go back the way we came? Which which way is that, really? <laughs> is there anything behind us? Like, like look, I'll, I'll look behind and see if if it looks like there's any kind of a way gate or turn in the road or anything looks anything different than what we're surrounded by um in the road behind you a mere 15 feet away are five scarecrows ask them maybe jack she she's right um i know this area and there's no forest between etterel and uh balder so unless the driver got very lost, this is somewhere else. Not the Sword Coast, not anywhere near Baldur's Gate. I don't like this one bit. Not one bit. Uh, Duno starts rummaging through his package. Uh, he's going to pull out um, his weapons and uh, keep them in hand and really on the ready to anything that could happen. The horses have now stopped um, about 10 feet away from the first scarecrow. Have they stopped of their own accord like they don't want to continue forward? Yeah. And these are definitely like visibly scarecrows. They're not... They're just ridiculously creepy. Ridiculously creepy scarecrows is what they appear to be, yes. (laughs) The the road itself is not wide, um, barely wide enough for the carriage itself, and the trees themselves are leaning over to almost form a tunnel with the the sort of branches forming almost claws which are scraping against uh, or getting very, very close to anyone who's sitting on top of the carriage. Wait a minute. Be still, be silent. Gonna try some old trick of mine. Uh, Duno's gonna use his uh, Gloomstalker ability of uh, primeval awareness. Or maybe it's deep, no, I'm not sure. So I'm gonna use one spell slot. And thanks to that, um, I'm gonna be able to tell if within one mile there's Aberration, Celestial Dragons, Elemental Fae, Friends, Fiends, sorry, or Undead. Um, so within one mile, your, um, what was it called, sorry? 
Uh, it's called uh, Primeval Awareness. So your Primeval Awareness is completely um, overloaded. You are surrounded on all sides by undead. The mist itself seems to have an evil malignity. It is alive and it contains some sort of terrible essence. The only thing you can describe it as is vampire. And then he's going to turn slowly to the others and say, We surrendered. That's it. They're all around us. Vampires. And full creatures. They're all over there. I I cannot even pinpoint where where they are. There's just so many of them. What is this damn place? Uh, Jax is going to almost take from his sort of nonchalant readiness for violence at at, um, Duno's sort of prognostication that we're surrounded by the the undead and the vile. Uh, He's going to jump to the ground uh, and mount the front horse in traces and try and drive it forward through that. So um, I'm going to need animal handling. If I can assist him in that, I will, with the reins. Just while they're rolling. The, the three scarecrows are on the road in front of us, is it? On the side. So at the moment, you can see you can see two in front of you and five behind. Oh, directly in front of us, like blocking the road? <clears throat> like oh, directly oh, in front oh, of you blocking oh, the road, yeah. okay. Like right Thank in the middle of the path. Thank you for the correction. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought oh, they were like off to the side of like, the road, put it in front of us. No, 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 no. Too. Like actually Did in the middle just... of the road, directly in front of you appear like they moved there or they have been there do we know well so they look like they've been there but then there's five like right behind you where you've right, just been right. yes do, do we, we but we don't sense any movement from them they they seem to be appearing does it appear like they're just we're just seeing further and they're suddenly there or they weren't there and then they're there <laughs> don't blink <laughs> yeah <laughs> So the ones that are in front you caught sight of, the ones that are behind, they've just appeared. Like they still look like they're like they're, they're on a pole, but they don't look like they could possibly have moved there. But they have. Don't worry, guys. Merc Mer- can help. He's gonna slide off the front of the carriage and just like slap into the mud with his great, great club. This is a walking stick, like plopping forward, and then flips up his great club and just slams the two scarecrows out of the way. I'll get rid of these guys for the horses. <laughs> So your your great club crashes into them and they're close enough that you can just slam them both to the ground and they crumple. Um, as oh, you're God. walking away, something catches Sorry. your eye. You look down and for a moment their dark, sack, ripped sackcloth eyes seem to have human eyes within and they're kind of blinking and staring at you. Um, you look again and they're just empty sacks. Uh, Mark thinks we should probably go now. <laughs> like no <clears throat> I, I think the uh, turtle man has a, has a point turtle but no okay so um, you're you're moving away and suddenly <laughs> the um, the scarecrow's hand shoots out and grabs onto your ankle um, uh, its hands have formed these distended claws um, let me see if it can break through your armor. I'm guessing that a 14 is not a hit. 17 is a turtle. 
So the claws scratch against your um, armoured hide, leaving sort of white lines where they're scratching into the uh, the thick armour. Um, and it kind of looks up at you for a second and you see those eyes again. And they're full of malice and evil. At that moment, did Jax, you say you were whipping the horses forward? I wasn't whipping. I was trying to ride the first one to coax it forward yeah. by riding it. Um, with the um, with the scarecrow jumping into uh, to attack the horses uh, rear, um, I need you to give me a handle animal check, uh, Jax, as the coach zooms forward, shoots forward. That's a ten. They are out of control and they dart. They um, crash forward through the mud. Everyone feels that like they're losing their balance. Can you all give me dexterity Ooh, saving? Throws? Easy boys, easy. <laughs> Oof, 15 for Shine. 20 for Duno, uh, not critical. Oh, baby, 24, critical. 8 for me. <laughs> okay, so Merc, you managed to grab onto the uh, the carriage as it um, begins to leap forward, and you managed to pull yourself inside it Are incredibly you? acrobatically for your... <laughs> um, shine on top of the carriage you keep your balance and you are fully in control holding the reins um, Duno you are um, on top of the um, carriage and although a, a branch whips towards you almost knocking you off you duck and keep your balance Jack's on the front you are almost unmanned or unhorsed and you, you're basically no longer on the horse you're hanging onto the reins being dragged as the horses zoom forward um, you see that there is a whole host of scarecrows um, both on either side of the um, road ahead and behind every time you blink more and more appear as the carriages shoot forward shine as you're now driving the carriage i need you to give me another um, animal handling All right role. um <gasps> she's going to dark lady this this is my task it's not it's not okay and it's a four she's shaking and she's got a determined face but tears or fear are screaming streaming down her face the the horse's reins uh leap out of your hands and they just barrel on completely out of control the host of scarecrows up ahead stand no chance against the the two huge horses and the weight of the wagon and they just crash on through you reach down to try and grab a hold of the reins Jax you are falling off the horse I need you to give me um, uh, acrobatics or athletics acrobatics 15 15 does it would you like to stay on the horse or do you want to get back onto the carriage I yeah I want I want to sort of let go of the reins, roll, and then leap onto the carriage as it passes by. Um, done. So you you are back on the road. The sorry, back on the carriage. Ahead, the scarecrows are just um, multiplying in number, but the horses are just running them down one after another after another. And suddenly, they the the host of scarecrows disappears and standing in front of you in the middle of the um, in the middle of the road is a girl. Um, she can't be more than sixteen. She is absolutely soaking wet her dresses seems to be stained in blood and the horses are barreling towards her um lisa i need you to give me um a roll to grab onto the trains right i'm going to uh i'm going to climb onto the side of the carriage using my cat's claws digging in with one hand and my feet and try and lean ready to 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 grab the child if we manage to avoid her as i shout to lisa to shine um, Sean, just keep going. I'll, I'll grab her as we pass. 
There isn't. There, there isn't. There is not room. So right. the um, the the road is basically as wide as your coach, a little bit more. That's a twenty. Twenty. You manage to grab onto the reins and pull as hard as you can. The horses whinny in pain and in panic, and they rear up above them before coming crashing down towards the girl. You are no idea if you've hit her or not. Jax, you wanna see? Wait, no, wait a minute. I'm kind of a specialist of everything undead, and uh, there's something fishy about that girl. I'd like to sort of approach carefully and uh, yeah, work out if she might be a creature of the night. Um, undead is one of my... Well, it is my favorite enemy. So. Well, while he's doing that, t- t- um, tipped off by his suspicion, I draw both my sabers. Meanwhile, loot music rises from the center of the carriage. <laughs> Scimitars. <laughs> Scimitars. Sorry. Um, so, sorry, Jax, are you staying on top of the carriage or are you climbing down with Duna? Uh, I'll stay on top of the carriage. So, Duna, you make your way round and you stand over the girl. Um, her head is bloody. It looks like a hoof has clipped her. Um, she is dressed in incredibly colourful clothing. Tiny mirrors sort of sewn into her clothes. Um, sort of almost that gives you kind of a carnival feel. Um, she is unconscious and breathing. She doesn't seem like any kind of undead you've ever come across. That doesn't mean that she's not undead. Um, can I inspect her further uh, to see if I'm, I'm very as certain as possible of that diagnostic? Um, how do you want to do that? Uh, well, uh, my weapons are like very short spears like you would have taken uh, javelins and cut them short. I'm going to flip them in my hand and use the blunt stick to to flip to first poker uh, and then flip her so I can inspect okay. her better. Um, so she was she was lying kind of on her side and you're pushing her onto her back? Uh, so if she's on the, on her side, I'm going to put... Yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm pushing her on, onto her back. So you, you kind of... Sort of prod her with the uh, the end of your spear, and she kind of flops bonelessly, uh, hair falling across her face, and you she see that she is incredibly pale. Um, you don't know if that's because she's undead or because she's badly hurt or just freezing cold. All right, folks. Uh, I don't think that one is uh, undead, or at least not yet. Any of you? It's uh, got some. Uh... Medicinal knowledge? Uh, Mark can help. Jumps out of the carriage, <laughs> clapping out through the mud. Uh, yeah, I should be able to do this. Uh, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on her, which is one... Okay, one give me that roll. 1d8 plus 2, so one second. I, roll that. Uh, boom, 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 boom. I got a 4. A 4, okay, so... um. So you've basically stabilised her, so she was making death saves at that point mechanically. Um, so she is now stable, but she still seems to be unconscious. Uh, she's she's going to be okay for a while, but she needs a proper doctor. I, I can only, you know, stop the, the worst of this, but she needs help. We need, we need to get her out of here, wherever here is. Well, I don't think I would be able to carry her in the carriage, so I think uh, that's a job for you, big okay. fella. Just, just to interject here. She's she's most definitely not undead. Uh, if she was, 
that would have hurt a lot because I'd be curing undead. Yeah, the total is right. It's Merc. I, I have feelings. <laughs> Picks. <laughs> one, one, one of Jax's eyebrows and and the corresponding ear raises, but he he, he slowly nods to the turtle. <laughs> I'm my mind. Sorry, guys. So Merc is going to bend down, it. um, pick up this girl, um, and try and take some like a bedroll out of his bag and like lay it on the the floor of the carriage and just lay her into the carriage. Um. I don't. I don't know how we get out of here, but we we need to move. I can ride with this girl. Um. I I don't know what to do. I mean, where where do we go? Well, we can only go forward. We'll see where it leads us. Well, I take the spot next to the driver. Uh, uh, got dark sight. It should help us in the the darkness. At least if we don't have to any of this weird fog anymore. We can drive the coach. Shine? That's... That's me. Just as a, as a mechanical thing, I have proficiency with vehicles land and plus one to animal handling. Will I be a better driver? Do I think oh, I'll be yeah, a better driver than Shine? But, but, or pee it out. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I'm just trying to like... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, madam, perhaps uh, you would allow a gentleman to ride the carriage? To drive the carriage? Uh, I, I do have some experience with this sort of thing. Uh, that, that would be... My pleasure. Uh, I, uh, yes, please. And I eagerly, uh, shakily still hand over the reins to Jack's kind of pat his shoulder with my frail, frail hands and, and climb back into the, no, I'm going to climb back uh, on top of the carriage and, um, ready my bow. Okay. So you, you head off together. The towering trees, whose tops are lost in the heavy grey mist, block out all but death grey light. The tree trunks are unnaturally close to one another, and the woods have the silence of a forgotten grave, yet exclude, extrude the feeling of an unvoiced scream. Um, and as you make your way through them, I need everybody to make me a perception check. Perception. I'm finding it really hard to not talk in that voice normally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm too unnerved. Too unnerved by my... By by this dream coming alive to really use my skills at the moment. Uh, I rolled an I 18. I rolled a 13. I got 14. So, uh, Duno and Jax... Um, in the distance over to your right, you hear what sounds like a scream um, muffled by the mist. And you also think you notice, just for a moment, a huge shadowy form moving at the very limit of your vision. Something white and something terrible, but it kind of disappears as the mist flows in and you continue onwards. Um, eventually, the trees begin to thin out and you find yourself... Um, basically just surrounded by mists um, on, a, on a road no longer through the forest. Ahead, another dark form rises out of the, of the mist, a wooden gibbet but with a, a cage hanging off it, and inside there is a, a body. Um, seemingly nailed to its skeletal form is a message. The road continues on beyond it. 
um, I, I drive the carriage. My ears just go going absolutely nuts, just just shooting off, and you know, just just twitching in every direction, trying to figure out what's going on. And my eyes are very clearly sort of almost bug-eyed, trying to see what's what's around us. I do drive us and stop just just close to the um, the the raven's cage. I think they're called. Okay. So anyway, the the um, in the nail to this poor creature's chest is this message. You see it? Here hangs Ismark, the lesser for crimes against our Lord Strahd von Zarovich. Who the hell is this Strahd? When you say that, there's suddenly a, a peal of thunder. The clouds opens up and it begins to rain. Peal of lightning, a clap of thunder? Exactly. I just realised you've probably done that every episode. I've never noticed it before right now. <laughs> Do you know what I think you said that every episode? And then we've done like 70 of them. <laughs> Never mind, sorry. Indeed. Okay, so the. the do you wish to. Do you, are you going to make your way onwards? Yeah, just, just carry on. Does anyone respond to my, my uh, question? Who, who the hell I, is Strahd? I don't know what that dude is, but I certainly have a straightforward definition of justice, huh? It's it's a little bit on the harsh side, but <laughs> certainly clear. As a bard, would Merc know anything of stories of Strad or legends or? Give me a give me a history roll. Oh man, I I should have taken a proficiency in that. <laughs> I got a six, five plus one. You never heard of such a fellow. I was gonna say I'm a minor noble. Um, no. So I should be reasonably familiar with the noble houses of of the surrounding area. No, no, nope, nothing. No. Um, as you as you continue <coughs> onward, there is a a, a, a a sort of minor road, um, almost kind of a trail leading off to your left, um, and the but the main road continues onwards through the mud. Is there any sign on the the entrance of the trail, per chance? Nope. Right now. Do we take the uh, the main road or the road less travelled? If the the minor road might be to a farm or a house, if it, it, maybe we try that to see if there's something closer. Yeah, I think Mark's got a point. I think the that little trail is probably leading to yeah a hamlet of some kind of Airco uh, house. Yeah, a farmer. Mistress Shan, do you have a preference? Uh well, I think. A lesser-travelled road uh, might be safer, but a well-travelled road might get us where we're going and information faster. It's up to you. You're driving. Yeah. So- My mama always said the road less travelled is the safer one. And I'll turn off onto the to the to the fork left. Okay, you're travelling for for no more than around ten minutes when you see ahead through the trees. A, a barrel-topped wagon, extravagantly painted in multiple colours. Um, the you see from particularly the ones of you that have very very good dark vision. Um, you see that there is two horses um, attached to it at the front, both both absolutely dead. The window that's facing you is wide open, and from the other side there seems to be a flickering fire. Ha! Fire! Could definitely warm myself and dry my 
legs from all that mud. Should we be a bit careful about this place and split up, or are we just uh, entering it straight forward and wave at the whoever inhabits such a place? Many a lady has once said I'm something of a direct gentleman, but perhaps on this occasion uh, a might of uh, discretion might be advised. Okay, hearing that, Aduno uh, jumps from the, the stagecoach and he's going to take a tangent to stealthily uh, do a sort of tactical pincer movement uh, to be behind whoever might, might show up a bit apart uh, from the rest of the group. Okay, so moving through the rain and the mist, you are almost completely invisible. Give me that stealth roll that you can roll with advantage. So, yeah, that's not 18, obviously. It's an 11 and a 7, so that will be a 16. Okay, so with a 16, you make your way through the mud, and you do hear your footsteps frustratingly squelching with every step, but you make your way forward. Um, The wagon itself, as I said, is incredibly extravagantly painted in beautiful, bright colours, which stand in stark contrast to the greys and blacks that you've seen here so far. You peer around the edge of the wagon into the campsite beyond. In the centre is a a large campfire. Um, There are a number of bodies littered around the campsite. There seems to be two people, an elderly couple, again, both dressed very beautifully and extravagantly, very similar to the girl that that you saw in the road. There are also... um, There is also another young man dressed in browns and greys, um, and he is lying before them. The three bodies show signs of incredible violence, almost like they've been ripped apart by a, a terrible animal. However, the wounds themselves show sign of absolute freezing cold. And as you step into the clearing, step near the clearing, you see that the entire ground around them is frozen solid, and your feet crunch in the ice. Mm. Say, having stopped the carriages at, I don't know, 30 or 40 feet from where we were, I'll follow um, Duno stealthily. Okay, give me that. um, That you don't don't need to. So, right now, you make your way up to them. um, You you see this before you. Shine's just going to stay. Shine will stay at low ready with her bow on top of the carriage and, and watch watch and keep guard on, on them as they investigate. And as as we've stopped I'm going to be standing out of the carriage in the on the ground by the door, just keeping an eye on the girl but also to see what happens with the this new area and the guys. As as I pad around the scene of the slaughter. Because <laughs> the murder's a bit too thing. Uh, I sniff the air and I, and I look at it. I look for any um, paw prints or footprints and just just investigate the entire the, the the immediate area and the wounds. Okay, so let's do this as a tracking. Um, it's survival. It is. It's survival. So can you give me a survival roll? <sighs> Eleven. Okay, so you sort of make your way round the the clearing itself. Um, 
the the mud and the rain and the mist make it incredibly hard. However, it seems very clear that something very large and very, very cold appeared um, at the far side of the clearing and stormed in with speed and with terrible violence and slay, um, slew, slew, slayed? Slew. Slew. Slew the three figures um, standing, or the, the three people standing in the uh, the middle of the clearing. But nothing beyond that. Nothing beyond that. Does anyone else want to give me a, a tracking roll or a survival roll? It could be. Um, yeah, we'll have a go at that. Uh, is what we are chasing undead, perchance? Um, I'm afraid not. So, am okay. I okay from where I am to do it, or I won't be able to see because I haven't gone over where the guys are? Um, if everyone's doing it, let's do this as a group roll. So basically, everyone give me a roll, and let's see if we get more passes than fail. Oh, no. Sorry, just to clarify, the elderly individuals with the clothes, they, they're still alive, right? No, no, they have they're, been... Oh, no, very dead. Very, very dead, yeah. Okay, sorry, I thought people were... No, all dead. Okay, so um, with with the rolls that you've got, that's more fails than passes, so... Um, it, 14 on um, side. We got a natural one from Lisa and a 7 from Merck. So by um, searching the uh, the clearing, you can't get any more information than that. Um, the only thing that stands out to you is that the window that faces away from the clearing has been forcibly opened and the um, lock broken. I, I take it it's fairly obvious that the style of clothing that the girl was wearing and the, and the clothes of Very these, much so, yeah. Well, the, the two elderly individuals, the young man is dressed yeah, yeah. That's family. in a far more drab fashion. Yeah, very much so. But the two late, you know, middle-aged people are very, very similarly dressed. Um, I'm going to approach the wagon and just, just with swords, with um, sabers drawn, just, just um, open the door with the, with the tip of one of my swords. Okay, so inside the wagon um, it shows the sign of a very homely and comfortable life. Um, however, there does seem to be sign of forced entry, and from what you can gather by looking in, by things that have been kind of knocked over and uh, the sort of signs of uh, furniture that's been scraped and scratched, something very, very large and heavy has been dragged across the wagon um, and over one of the beds and out the window. Do I find anything else of interest? No. Just, just the usual sort of just the usual clothing, yeah. food. Is there any? There's no sign of a cart horse or a or a beast of burden yeah. at all. Yeah. Is so there? Um, two dead horses um, were attached mm. to the front of the wagon. Yeah. Okay. Well, it does seem to me that the um, young lady we encountered came from this camp, but I can't say I see anything else we can do here. Can we, um, from the scratches, can we, and the cold, um, all the signs, can we try to work out if we know what type of creature it might be? Um, hmm. So, yeah, Duno starts uh, uh, looking at the scrapes, putting his hand over them, measuring them with his fingers. Uh, He's going to bow down to a, a place where it seems to be a bit colder, he's going to put his finger in it. 
have a taste, a sniff, and uh, try to find a, a whiff of hair or something like that. Uh, so with the with the the failed um, group roll, I'm not going to give you any more information on what you can okay, find. Okay, sure. <laughs> Put the description at the front because <laughs> as Duno begins to sort of intricately start examining and measuring everything at the campsite. Um, Jack's just sort of, you know, his, his whiskers twitch a little bit in amusement um, at, uh, well, let's let, let's put it frankly, uh, someone of greater intelligence than him trying to figure something out. Just, I, I don't think the, the importance uh, of the matter is uh, what exactly killed these people. It, it, our priority might need to lie in keeping ourselves alive. May I suggest we retire to the carriage and keep moving I, I i don't want whatever came here and killed these people to have a go at taking my hide well i think knowledge is power but uh i get your point i think we should get moving uh maybe uh is there any belongings which uh we should give to the girl when she wakes up uh, can we look uh, at the bodies and are there anything that we could use to maybe heal her Somehow to make uh, because I, I guess in our stagecoach, are there any we small just... red vials full of liquid? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the subtext right there. No, I was more. I was actually more thinking stuff like bandages, etc. Because we were traveling on a stagecoach for short journeys, while these people seems to be on the move permanently. So I would assume they've got more. <laughs> I think that's, that's probably realistic, yeah. So you can probably find some sort of basic first aid kits and maybe even like uh, limited herbs and things like that, but there's nothing you're going to give you any magical healing, no. At some point, J Jax is looking through some herbs and sniffs one with his, his quite delicate um, sensibilities. Just starts doing the cat sneeze. <laughs> uh, perhaps I'll leave this to you, gentlemen, and walks off just... <laughs> Um, so I will say, if you want to spend longer searching, um, if, um, then you, I'll give you another roll. Um, but if you if you want to move on, then then that's what you keep. That's another. I think, I think moving I, on is the, the, the wiser. Yeah, course guys, way. I think we need to keep moving because um, yeah, bad stuff happened here. Bad stuff's bad, so let's go. By moving, you mean going back to the main road and continuing onwards there? Uh, that, that's actually a good question. Did the the side road didn't end where we are, yeah, did it? Yeah, so you think that the side road itself was actually made by this wagon itself. Oh, okay. All right. Oopsie. I guess, I guess we go back to the main road. I, I guess, I guess, yeah. That's something of a dead end. So you you gather a few uh, belongings that maybe belong to the girl. You find a, a knitted blanket. You find um, a couple of kind of personal items, maybe a pillow. Um, you also take a picture of the family together, which seems to be a, a beautiful woodcut that, again, you think she may find as valuable. Um, and you also manage to find a few kind of rudimentary bandages and medicine. Um, but she still seems to be unconscious as you um, begin to head the way, although she is looking much more healthy by, by being in the wagon, by being in your carriage and just being able to warm up and out of the uh, less exposed. She's looking much better. Um, you turn the, the carriage around and begin to head back to the main road. Um, and it's not long before you find yourselves approaching what seems to be a village. Um, the first house you pass on the left is completely burnt out. Um, and there seems to be, and there's a sign on the right opposite it, which says the village of Barovia. 
population and then it, the first thing says uh, 160 and that's crossed out and then it says zero. Wait a minute, if it's zero, who crossed out the number <laughs> and wrote zero on the sign? Dang it, Duno, you beat me to the job. Whoever did the audit, so to speak. Though, though all of this conversation does strike me as something of gallows humor. You mean they got some kind of civil servant going around <laughs> villages and making sure they're empty? I wish it was that simple. This threat Ranzarov has got definitely a weird way of managing his land. Uh, so, I guess we see what we can find in Barovia? Wait, should we update the sign first as we enter? That makes five people uh, in there. I was going to say, Dunno, I, I, I for one don't plan on taking up residence. Yeah, let's, let's not challenge the body count. Oh, yeah, I was going to... So, just as that happens, Merc had, like, the sparks coming in his fingers. Okay, I won't do anything. <laughs> Good man. Um, I assume there's nice. no there's no other side roads. It's just the main road leads straight through the village. Main muddy track, and you can see in the distance a number of other kind of dark shadows, which seem to be other houses. These ones are not burnt out. What's the countryside like? Um, sparse, grey, muddy. There's a few kind of signs of fields, but no livestock. The fields themselves seem um, untended. I, I slow the carriage to a tr- to a so a very slow trot as, as we pass through the village, keeping keeping a close eye on the buildings to either side. And I sort of my eyes dart left and right to my companions, and, and I see that they're also also very carefully watching. Yeah, I'll keep <laughs> the watch shadows above on either and, side and behind and above. The um, sort of all of you sort of look tense all around, looking left and right. The buildings kind of appear like ships in the night through the mist. Um, all of them seeming empty, shutters open, windows, dark holes. Um, you move on forward and eventually, particularly those of you that have very good night vision, so I think that's probably everyone other than the turtle, um, you see in the distance a glow. And when you get closer, it seems to be a lantern um, hanging outside um, a, a tavern. And the sign on the tavern says the blood on the vine tavern. Um, just to the right is another sign on a dilapidated looking building that says Bidrith's uh, Mercantile. Both these establishments are lit. The the blood on the vine tavern, the the light is outside and it almost forms a cheery glow. The Bidrith's Mercantile it's all barred up, but you do see a light from within. Um, well, that seems to be our only options. Yeah, pulling the... Um, I pull the carriage to a stop in front of the tavern. Does anyone else feel like it might be prudent to have a, a nosy? I'd like to get off of the street. I, it can't be worse than out here. Oh, my dear turtle. It's turtle. Pardon me. My dear good sir, turtle. His name is Merck. <laughs> oh, I feel like we're becoming friends, you guys. Uh, them right, I see you in action. You're quite good, huh? Well, so <laughs> much for stealth. 
<laughs> Speaking of that, uh, I mean, I I can help us stealth. Um, and just that happens. The um, four hundred and fifty pound. No, no, I got this. I've got lots of training. Uh, as it happens, he starts like, um, Mark starts waving his hands, kind of what looks in like just basically like wax on, wax off motion around the carriage, which looks really unconvincing. But after about uh, thirty seconds to a minute. I've cast silence focus on the carriage, which will last up to 10 minutes. And no sound comes from anyone on the carriage. So you're now come completely in silence and you can't talk to each other? <laughs> yes, that is a problem, alright. Yeah, I'm going to jump off the carriage and try to stealth my way to the... Um, I'm going to first like nod at, at Jax and Duno, and I'm going to just hand signal like quiet and going and I'm going to jump off the carriage and stealth over to the mercantile and see if I can sneaky see in the window and see if anyone's in there. There's a light on inside, but, um, is it a, is it a lure or is it comfort? Okay. So you can just see, so through the window and through the grime, you kind of stare inside an almost pitch black room. There's dark shadows within which kind of denote furniture, perhaps, um, sort of shelves where, where items and wares may be displayed although you can't make out through the darkness standing at a desk or standing behind a desk is a, is a man whose face is illuminated by a lamp he's wearing short spectacles um, his hair is wild and uncombed and unwashed and he's staring down and he licks his finger and turns over the page of a book continues reading we're going to come back to the carriage uh, and I'll just motion silently one, one finger up, one person in there. And then I'm going to go and try to, with hand gestures, get Duno to be like, stop, hold on. And I'm going to silently stealth over to the windows of the tavern and see if I can see in there. I shrug towards the other and I use my... Uh... Uh, Iklua to make a stabby stabby gesture. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the international side of stabby stabby. To be fair, it is pretty international. <laughs> True. <laughs> stabby stabby. At, at this interval, I would just like to ask our audience to please accept, to please imagine a deep gnome, a turtle, a tabaxi, and an aged elf all standing in the gloom dark of a dead village gesturing to each other wildly (laughs) clearly misunderstanding everything everyone else is saying while remaining completely silent in the gloom in peril of their lives so shine you you creep up through the silence and the mud towards the tavern window and sweep aside the, the grime and look inside um, you see that it is incredibly basic, just benches in front of tables. On the other side of the room, there's a crude bar. Um, a woman stands beside it, angrily, angrily gesturing to a much larger man. Um, over to the right, there is an older couple um, sitting uh, right at the far end of the two benches, um, eating what seems to be gruel and drinking glasses of wine. At uh, as least as uh, Shine creeps up, if she looks back, she just sees Jax's sort of ears 
twitching interrogative inter- well, curious curiously <laughs> interrogatory <laughs> interrogatorily there you go that's not a word uh, I, I'll see it I'll look back and again gesture two two and kind of gesture like where in the tavern they are <laughs> gesture when my two equal two-handed like step 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 right step step go uh, left sorry so, so step step right step step left shrug I, I clip Dunno on the back of his head and shake my finger at him and then I advance slowly to where Lisa is stealthily uh, guys I'm kind of confused what are we trying to do here <laughs> I hush you with my clod in front of my uh, mouth. Like, hush, hush, hush. Okay, guys, what are we trying to do here? Sorry. Stabby stab. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so I, 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 I join Lisa at the window, just just bending up so so one eye peeps mm. over the edge of the window and see what she's seen. What what kind of people are we seeing? Yeah. All human. All human, yeah. but dress? Um, they dressed um, in very drab colours. Um, in fact, the woman is dressed slightly better. She's in sort of black velvet with red trim. The um, the pig-faced man who's towering above her and arguing with her about something is dressed in brown and grey peasant wear with a rope belt holding up his um, very worn trousers. Um, he has a wolfskin coat, though. Um, the two, uh, the elderly couple on the far side, um, they're dressed in similar but maybe slightly more drab and uh, worn clothing. But it, do I see any sign of a bartender or a barmaid as if this is sort of normal operation? So the, the woman is sort of behind the, the bar arguing and she seems to be the proprietor. Ah. Um, looking around to my companions. I'll just just gesture for them to 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 wait quietly, and um, sort of standing up, dress you know, shaking myself out, making sure all my earrings are, are nicely buffed. I just walk through the front door. Uh, are you going alone, or are the others following you? I, I'm I'm waiting, telling them to stop. It's essentially like, you know, sort of save my ass if this goes to tits up, but just just to test the waters. I walk in as if everything is perfectly normal. So the you, the door opens and it jingles against a uh, a bell above the door, and you you sort of overhear the man saying, "I I tell you, I saw it, I saw it in the woods, a demon, ten foot high and made of ice. It's killed my pigs. I, I, that's why I can't pay you, pay you, Esmeralda. This terrible. What in the head nine hells are you?" And he points directly at you. And everyone in the room spin round. The old couple look terrified. Um, the woman doesn't seem as taken aback. But this large pig-faced man has pulled out a huge uh, metal bar from where it stood below him. And he's advancing towards you. We do not allow demons in here. I've almost lost my livelihood today and I won't take it from you. As he kind of lurches towards you. Just just standing very upright, the slight shake of my head to make my gold earrings, my, my many, many and very gold earrings, shimmer in the light as, as 
the 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 lamplight in the place just reflects off the gaudy exuberance coloring of my clothing. Um, one as as two fingers just come up and stroke my whiskers. And whom to whom you are you referring to as demon fine sir? I'm a tabaxi. Um, he sort of launches himself forward, and the uh, the woman kind of puts her hand against his chest and goes, "Just, just hold off there. He's obviously just arrived in Barovia. He'll have come through the mists. What, what is your main, your name, uh, Catman?" Pulling a, an, an elaborate half bow. Um, well, my name, Khan, lady, is uh, Jack Sorrow. Though my friends call me Jax. <laughs> well, you look like a demon to me. I need to go and sort things out. I'll pay you later, Esmeralda. And he, he goes to slam by you. Um, what's everyone doing outside? <laughs> we're waiting, so <laughs> we're when he slams by him, door, he probably <laughs> runs into us. Uh, I, I was at low ready with my with my bow, but I'm going to kind of hide it in my cloak and... And as he hits the door, I'm going to be right there, kind of looking very frail, taking full advantage of my aged appearance and kind of lean against the door. And, oh, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Hello. He kind of stumbles back and goes, By Strahd himself, there are more of them. Esmeralda, look! And he sort of stumbles back into the room, losing his footing, and you smell the alcohol on his breath shine as he kind of falls backwards into the room. Uh, no need. Sorry to startle you. I, I know that I am a fearsome beast-looking creature. Um, <laughs> uh, um, please, uh, I didn't mean to be in your way. And she'll gesture towards the door and then kind of kind of hobble her way very deliberately towards between Jacks and the bar. Oof, dangerous. Did we overhear the conversation? Yeah, you can, you can hear all this. So Esmeralda steps forward and okay. says, Welcome, welcome, come in, don't mind him. He's just lost his pigs or something. He's just just a town drunk. I am not! You shut up, you owe me so much money, you keep your mouth shut! And he kind of backs off and sits himself down on a bench. Um, are you all coming into the room now? Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm going to stroll in. Hello! Um, so are you, are you bringing in the the girl? Um, I'm gonna. I was planning to say, uh, "Hey, we found a little girl in the woods. Can we get some help getting her off our stagecoach?" Yeah, uh, we we found her in the woods. I've I've cured her a small bit, but she needs help. And I'm gonna walk through the the eaves of the door. Just, uh, I think her family were attacked or something. Um, okay, so very quickly, um, so Shine and uh, Jax, can you just very, very quickly give me an insight roll, both of you? Yes. Yes, I can. Oh, that's a three. Ooh. It's always terrible when you look at a skill. What am I? I'm okay in that skill. Uh, roll two. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, just for a moment, just for a moment, Shine, the woman Elsmeralda's face looks either scared or angry and then it gets covered with a passive mask and um, um the at, the, at the me man or at... no when she sees this girl being brought in gotcha thank you um and then the the man just sort of stands up and goes that's one of those fistani they were here yesterday that that's her isn't it i'm sure of it 
She was with those two old people. And Esmeralda kind of goes, No, I'm not sure that it is. No, I don't think so. Yes, it is. Don't be silly. We saw her. You taught her. They were in here. You served her. What are you talking about? She was just here. Well, uh, say a, say a prayer for them because she is all that is left. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean when you don't have to worry about the two others since you seem to have a problem with them? Why? What? And she's visibly scared now. Why? What have you done to them? What? What have you done? As as you can see, I uh, <laughs> she just starts to giggle. <sighs> I'm sorry. This is not a time for tricks or jests. I ah, uh, we have done nothing but find them and bring a girl for healing or help. Uh, I, I I and she kind of leans against the bar like she's even more frail for a moment and says, we, "We've come for aid. We've done n- nothing but get lost." Here, can you, can you help any? Um. So the the woman as is now visibly scared, and she runs forward and goes to grab onto the girl. Please, uh, wake up! Tell me, was were there were there any other men there? Was there um a, a man? Was was he there? All gone, ripped to shreds. What did he look like? Did he have red hair? There was too much blood to notice. You must remember, red hair. You would have had uh, a feather, a feather on his on his jerkin. Was he there? I just looked to Jacks like, huh? Uh, well, we found uh, three unfortunates um, next to a, a covered wagon. Two uh, elderly people dressed. Uh, oh, never mind them. They're just Vistani. What? What? Who was the third? Oh. A youngish gentleman dressed in very drab clothing. Right. Uh, can't say I, I, I noticed much more. Oh, that would have been poor Gurkis. Okay. Fine. Thank God. Maybe. Wake her up. Well, she, she, she took a bit of a bump on the head there. I don't think... Uh... You've got to understand. All Vistani, they're thieves, they're criminals. My, my partner, him and his friends went to teach them a lesson last night. They went through the woods to go. And she kind of looks to one side and says again, to teach them a lesson. They must have killed him and killed themselves as well, I'm sure. Hey, it, it sounds like you need the lesson to be taught to you. What, what did the Vistani do to you guys? They, they work for... They work for Strad, all of them. It's like echo of thunder. He's the devil in the tower. <laughs> yeah. The um the the old couple um are making their way over now, and the the man is kind of leaning over and goes, "I know. If you head over to Bidris Mercantil, he has healing potions for sale. We can wake up this thief and find out what happened to her." And the woman goes, "Yes, let's do that." I'll I'll head over now and ask Bidris and um. During this entire interaction, Jax is still just standing there, somewhat sort of in his in his pose, just just slightly slumped, with his ears straight back, very annoyed that people trod on his grand entrance. Well, yes, perhaps perhaps we should go uh, get the girl help. 
the so Esmeralda says, No, don't, don't worry about the girl. She's just Vistani. I know. I'll pay you. If you can head back out into the woods and find my partner. If you can head there and find him, I'll pay you. I have I have gold. And um, she runs over to the counter and kind of pulls out uh, a, a handful of coins, all marked. They're looking absolutely ancient, badly stamped with the, with a, the head of an angry-looking man on one side. I'll, I'll pay you. Please, just head into the woods. Find, find my partner. I'm not going into the woods without uh, knowing what this little girl knows. It's not even going to help. I, I, I'll do it myself. I'm going to cast your wounds again. Um, so uh, a green light sort of flows out of your fingers across the girl's body and she begins to open up her eyes and she looks up at you in, in shock and horror. But before she can talk, Esmeralda has pulled out of her um, sort of dress a strange wand. Um, it's long, thin and golden and at various points on it are uh, crystals. Different sort of shapes, there's like a sphere and a cube and a sort of diamond um, and as she holds it the wand begins to spin round and she goes no don't listen to anything she says get out of my tavern immediately or I will I will cast a spell on you at the word spell uh, Merc is going to sh- shrink into his shell <laughs> which is an action so it's just now a shell Standing vertical with the belly facing the one, two little eyes at the top of it. Okay, before that happens, I think this is time for initiative. Whoa. I think this is how we're gonna do that. Oh my gosh! So uh, give me those rolls, folks. All right, all right, all right. Walk into a bar and not blowing it up. Very true. A decent roll. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's start off with Jax. I rolled a seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Do you know? Um, I rolled a 19 in initiative. Okay. Uh, Merc? I rolled a 14, 11 plus three. Okay. Uh, Shine? Eight. Wheat. Okay, so let's roll for the girl. First, we've got Esmeralda. So, 19. So, what's your dexterity, do you know? You, you mean my my bonus for to initiative? Uh, no, just because it's just to see if you uh, go before oh, plus three. Esmeralda. Plus three, so she goes first. So she um, points the wand at all of you and goes, All right, you give me no choice. And she mutters a word, and the wand begins to spin in all directions. And who would like to give me a D100 roll to see what happens? Let the guest Yeah, let the guest Go for it, Callum. (laughs) You might be invited back, Callum. Thanks for the honor. So Duno's going to roll. (laughs) <laughs> the D100, which rolls a magnificent six. Okay, a six. Okay. Oh, no. So, you say you never so know. terrified. Hey, we didn't say if we were supposed to roll high or low. <laughs> so, blue fire bursts out of this wand in a blanket, um, covering you all. You look down and you are all bursting with this strange, eerie, fairy light. But it doesn't burn you at all. It Oof. just shines oh, nice. beautifully. <laughs> and she looks shocked for a moment and turns to run. Okay. <clears throat> oh, um, no. Do know it's your go. I know what that is. Killer. <laughs> <laughs> so, do know uh, at a uncanny speed uh, for his size, uh, rushes towards Esmeralda and... Uh, 
spinning his uh, Iklua. He's gonna stab her once with his right hand one and... No, he's gonna stab her twice with her, his right hand Iklua and he's gonna stab her uh, a third time with his left hand one. Wow, this kind of escalated I- quite I- quickly. Iklua? <laughs> Sorry, what, what were those weapons, do you know? So, so it's uh, Iklua. It's... It's oh, uh, yeah. it worked with finesse. It's a dexterity weapon. It's a very very short spear with a blade uh, at the end of it. Okay. From it's a Zulu, Zulu spear. Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's from sh- yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So yeah. roll attack. Okay. So that's nineteen to hit the first time. So that's one d six of damage. One, okay. Uh, so with Dread Ambusher, I do one extra attack, which will deal 1d8. 12, 17. So, yeah, 17's a hit, yeah. Eight, so it was a 19. Yeah, that'll do it. And three more points of damage, so... Stab, 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 stab! So total damage? So that will be 3, 4, 12. Okay, you cut into her and she falls over the bar with a crash. The whole thing flies and glass goes in all directions. Um, we are up to Jax. Um, somewhat taken aback by Duno's uh, viciousness. Stubby, 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 stub! But wanting to contain the situation... I jump towards Pigface Man. Yeah. And just put my clawed fingers around his throat. I recommend you you not move, sir. Extend my claws, my my feline claws out of my fingers. Just ready to rip his throat out if he moves. He kind of looks down at the the huge uh, metal bar that's just, just within reach. And he looks up at you and he goes... I don't want any trouble, demon cat man. <laughs> well, I, I would say neither do I, but you have been rather rude. Um, okay, uh, Merc. So at this point, Esmeralda, well, the lady we don't know the name of, but Esmeralda yep. is running yep. away, correct? I, hey, you you can't go. Uh, I'm going to cast... Um, Earth Tremor second level, which is a Dex twelve save, <laughs> which will knock her prone if it succeeds. Okay, so she's got very high Dex, but let's see. I know that. We'll no, so out. she 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 kind of loses her balance, crashing into the bar as she's sort of attacked by uh, you know. She regains it and begins running again. The whole ground begins her begins begins. The whole ground beneath her lurches, and you can see the glasses shake and smash. Bottles begin to fall off the wall, but she somehow keeps her footing and carries on darting towards the door um, at the back of the room. Um, Shine. How far is she? Like from me now. 20, maximum twenty feet. Okay. Um. Should I use this now? Should I do this now? How important is she to us? Um. Reasonably. As in the only person who seems to know where the, where the heck we are or what the heck we're doing. Uh, she's... Shine's going to say, oh, oh, no you don't. And her form is going to shimmer and get ghostly. And Shine is going to 
bend time and space a little bit and appear. <laughs> just a little bit. And uh, appear as a ghostly, shimmering form on the other side of Esmeralda and be there to catch her, like, right... Directly in front of the door? Yeah. Okay, so, top of the round, Esmeralda... she'll stumble into my arms. Um, Yeah, so, well, she's going to go to try. She pulls out a wicked-looking diaper and stabs it towards you. But I'm I'm right in saying that you have, like... um, In this form... In this form, as I'm ghostly, I am I'm resistant to all damage until I start my next turn. So you, you, she stabs towards you and the dagger just goes straight through you, straight through your ghostly form and does no damage at all with a two. And she kind of just raises her hand and goes, Right, okay, fine. You want to side with the Vistani against me? Fine, whatever. And she drops the wand and drops her dagger. That's not nice, I say in my ghostly form. Um, um, at your feet, um, both uh, Jax and pro- probably more um, you, Merc, um, the girl is kind of recovering and she's sitting herself up. And she's looking dazed, but she's looking daggers towards Esmeralda and she says, That, that woman, she, her partner killed my family. What? Where did her partner go? Who's her partner? We're we're here to help you. I'm Merc. Hello. We we have to go. We you don't understand. This is this is. We are in so much trouble. What time is it? What time is it? Um. Anybody? Um. The uh, uh, the the big faced man looks up and he goes. I don't know, the eleven, uh, but maybe, maybe later. And she goes, oh no, we don't, we don't have much time. Hey, we have until midnight to save the multiverse. To save the multiverse? What, 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 uh, what? That escalated very quickly. What, what multiverse? And, and Esmeralda shouts across the room, don't listen to her, she's just Vistani. She'll say anything to save her. Ah, oh, by the God! Silence Will as people well here stop yelling at each other's and throwing slurs at each other's? Uh, as I'm saying that, I'm pocketing the the wand and the the dagger. <laughs> Did you get all the way over there? Well, I no, was just behind. Sorry, you're by far the closest. Just, just take one moment here, Mister Stabby. Y'all, just take a minute. Now, young lady, what's your name? My name is Mirabel. My my father and my mother and I, we were hired by the by the Celestials to take a case through the Shadowfell and deliver it to someone at midnight. And her her, her husband and his friends they they attacked us and then something happened. This creature this terrible thing made of ice and spikes launched itself out and it had killed my father and my mother and one of the thieves and and I don't know what happened but I'm sure I saw the man, her man running away with the case dragging it into the woods we have to find it we have to get it to the edge of Borovia by midnight or the whole multiverse is in danger. 
Did you say Celestials? Yes. Doesn't it doesn't matter? Never mind that. Okay. And then um, Esmeralda shouts, "Don't listen to her. She's full of horse dung." You lady, you're gonna. I don't want to listen to you anymore. So unless you want more of my medicine, and I wave my two sticks, <laughs> you're gonna shut that mouth of yours. Now, did you say the edge of Barovia? Does that mean it's close to the exit of this place? We need to we need to find the case. We need to find the chest. Um, at that moment, there is a scream from outside. Ah. <laughs> Mark will run to the door at the night. Are we still on initiative? Uh, no, we're not on initiative right now. Oh! Oh, I thought I'm going to scoop up that wand and dagger from her on the ground. All <laughs> oh, oh, yours. So the, uh, you fling the door open and running through the mud um, in the distance is a uh, red-haired um, man dressed in similar kind of black velvet to Esmeralda and he is dragging behind him an enormous chest. It seems to be made of gold or brass and it's covered in intricate clockwork which is spinning and dialing as he drags it through the mud, banging behind him. But in the distance behind him is an awful figure towering above him, seemingly made of ice and carrying a jagged spear, and it launches it towards him. See if it hits. 24 to hit, it goes straight through him, Um, and it does uh, 14, it does 24 damage, and he drops the ground, um, skewered on it, and somehow he is dragged back towards this creature um, as the, the spear is kind of retracted. Oh my god, that's it. You have to get the case, or the whole universe is in trouble. Uh, uh, Jack sort of looks at looks at the little girl who he's fairly close to. So. Shrugs his shoulders, and using feline agility, which doubles my speed for one turn, so, so leaping with, with feline speed and agility, having... <laughs> While not particularly understanding what's going on, there's a big pretty chest, and the edge of the mist and getting the hell out of here was mentioned. <laughs> I gra- I leap past the the <laughs> cruciform corpse and just drag the chest, it being too heavy for me to pick up, quickly to the door of the carriage. Uh, and try to lift it in. Give me that strength roll. I was going to say, is, is Merc close enough to give me an assist? Yeah, so as he's doing that, Merc is going to be, uh, I'm, I, uh, good idea, we we, we got to go, guys. Uh, Jax is right. I'm going to start helping like him push it, so, like my back underneath the chest, help him pushing it in, kind of s- standing out of a squat. So what rolls do you want? Uh, give me a strength check, but you can roll with advantage. A 16? Yeah, that'll do it. I heave this chest into the carriage and then leap on top behind the reins. So I'm looking very impatiently, bouncing up and down in the in the hinged seat. Okay, um, Shine, um, don't, do you know how are you approaching this? Let's start with Shine. Uh, I'm going to uh, trip down the Esmeralda and, and dash... Uh, to the wagon 
But as I'm out the door, I'm going to flick the wand at her and see if it does anything. <laughs> okay, give me a D100 roll. Oh my god! So that, <laughs> you have, I'm just going to drop the old lady act as well. And so you have... You have manners to learn. 16. Okay, 16. Okay, so let me just check this spell. Uh, okay, so um, a line of strong wind burst from the end of the wand and you can barely hold it as Esmeralda is flipped into the air like the Wicked Witch the uh, the West slammed into the, the wall on the far side and kind of pinned there you holding the wand um, in arms keeping her in the air um, with a flick to the side she then flies through the back door and out into the darkness beyond oh, oh I like this and then I'm just going to dash it's what you get and I'm going to dash to the <laughs> Onto, onto the top of the wagon, um, stow the wand, ready my bow, uh, and take a bead on that uh, monster thing. Um, uh, Duno. Time to go. Uh, Duno's gonna dash, uh, cutting straight through the room, uh, running under the tables, etc. Uh, passing through the door, uh, his objective is to jump as soon as possible uh, into the, the stagecoach. And once he's done, then peeking through one of the windows, he's just going to throw a hunter's mark on the creature. So you inside the stagecoach? Yep. So the stagecoach has a back window, so you will be able to see it, and you will have cover as well. Oh, okay. Is it large enough for me to use my longbow, which is quite small for since I'm a gnome? I think I think we'll say yes. I think that sounds like a great oh, idea. Okay, so who would like to um, drive the stagecoach? So uh, Mir- Mirabelle staggers out, um, clutching her head, and she um, staggers towards the uh, the stagecoach as you kind of all make for uh, her to speed up, and this creature um, speeds towards you. As we drive by, I like hang off the door and reach out with my great club to try and like pull her in. She grabs on and gets spun into the coach. Uh, Jax, can you give me a handle animal roll? Yes. Uh, what do I get for my vehicle to land? Um, I will say that I would say that you can drive it extra fast. So we'll add an extra 10 feet of speed per round. It's a 14. Yeah, that's good. So you um, whip the uh, the so you whip the horses into action. They rear and then drive forward, circling in the square and disappear and, and heading back the way that you came towards the edge of Barovia. Um, so we're going to do a skills challenge. I love skill challenges. Um, anyone can act. You just have to describe what you're doing to speed you up. Um, you are allowed to cast a cantrip um, or a spell, and that acts towards it as well. And it's more about kind of narratively describing the chase than it is about sort of sticking really down to mechanics. The best way you've described it is like, think of the the chase scene in Aladdin, like you're knocking stuff in the way. I will start. As as I'm lashing the horses forward, I still sense a hesitance to go back into the the dark mists. Um, And I, I acrobatically dive forward off the seat letting loose the reins to stand on the traces between the two lead horses grabbing their bridles directly guiding them and urging them on just balancing with my cat-like reflexes in the front 
That uh, that sounds like an acrobatics roll. Give me a roll. The seventeen. Seventeen will do it. The horse is unwilling to drive forward. Uh, uh, a forced <laughs> forward through the mist and gallop full speed ahead through the mud and through the darkness um, towards the forest that you'd left. The um, I haven't watched uh, Zora with Antonio about that off time recently at all. <laughs> um, the screaming <laughs> devil is hot on your heels, um, keeping up with the the carriage. Um, okay, who's next as you approach the forest? I so this ice demon. You said he was holding a metal spear, a jagged spear of ice. Of ice, okay. Well, that doesn't work with my idea. Um, I will again cast earth tremor behind us. So at this point, we're in mud and loose earth, right? So I'm going to try and cast it at his feet or behind us. Um. So it'll definitely, even if he passes, it'll make it difficult terrain. That sounds fantastic. So nice. um, let's let's see if he passes to start with. So what's the... 12. 12 DC, but what's the... of what? Oh, dex, sorry. Dex, so he has plus 7. Um, I rolled a 6, so that's okay. a 13. So he does pass. So on a failed roll, he takes no damage, but um, basically... Each square foot for 10 feet is difficult terrain. Okay, so although he takes no damage, he stumbles, or it's not really a he, isn't it? It stumbles and and falls back, and the carriage shoots on into the darkness. The um, uh, the trees begin to reach over you again. You find yourselves in that tunnel where you found met the, scarecrow, met the scarecrows earlier on, although there's no sign of them now. Um... In the distance behind you, you can hear the ice devil crashing towards you. Um, who's next? So far, we have two passes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got one. I'm not sure mechanically or, or it could, could resolve, so I go with it and uh, you, you adapt, Joe, of course. So <clears throat> uh, Nuno, using his umbral side, is going to notice a fork in the road uh, quite a, at a distance. He's going to tell Jax, on my mark, sharp right, take the fork. And his plan is, when the carriage reaches the fork, he throws um, uh, what's it called, fog cloud just behind the carriage, so that Jax can t- take the turn, and the creature hopefully will believe that we we continued straight and. If we do, maybe raging, it will at least for a while uh, go on the wrong direction. That sounds like a fantastic roll. Go, give me a deception roll, and you can roll with advantage. Nine, nine, and one. <laughs> so it's actually eight and zero. Eight and zero. So I'm afraid that is a fail. The uh, you, you, your ruse seems to work for a moment, and you gallop on, and suddenly the demon bursts through the fog behind you, hot on your trail. Okay, who's next? You know, I really liked what that wand did. So, say <laughs> 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 so, what? Well, let's see. Let's see what else, what other tricks this thing has. Okay, give me that D100 roll. I, I forgot to mention it was a critical failure, actually. Oh no, it's advantage, so it doesn't work. Sorry, forget that. Yay. 12. 12. What does 12 do? Uh, <laughs> kittens. It's going to okay. shoot kittens. Um, okay. So the so the wand explodes in front of you and you are blown off the coach. Um, you are now stunned until, wow. <laughs> until the start of your ne- next term, winded and lying in the mud. 
Um, this is a fail, obviously. Okay, so so basically, so now the skill challenge is so you're you are escaping the ice table, but also you need to rescue Shine. So who's up next? We've two passes, two fails. Um, Merc frantically searches through the bags and finds his bag on the back of the carriage. Takes out his fifty foot of rope and quickly fashions a lasso. Um, just grab grab a hold of this, and I'm gonna try and just like toss out the loop of rope. Um. Okay, give me that roll. <laughs> Indiana Jones oh, it back. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. A, 19, a 19 plus 3, <laughs> oh. 22. So the, 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 the loop of rope um, lands over Shine's head, not round her neck, round her waist, <laughs> and she is flicked yes. into the air. Uh, and basically she is now being dragged behind at, at, a, at a extreme speed. You described very soft mud earlier, so maybe she's just mud skiing. <laughs> Surf. She's she's skiing. Yeah, she's like, skiing. like a buggy board. Mud skiing. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, Nuno's gonna uh, is gonna grab uh, not, not the end, but uh, he's gonna pass one of the, of his uh, precious ikla in the rope, twirl it around it, and then lower himself head. Uh, head down, legs uh, attached to the stagecoach, and stick his éclat into the uh, how do you call that in English? Uh, how do you call that the um, the bit which links two wheels? The axle. axle. So he's gonna stick his éclat with the rope around it in the axle uh, of the carriage. So it, <laughs> and he's gonna yell to uh, <clears throat> to Merc. Catch her when she flies towards you, and the idea is that the, <laughs> it's gonna do like a, a very fast pulley with the the rope rolling around the axle. I hope we didn't just run over. <laughs> oh, this dude. could end really badly, but okay. So I think this is gonna be a an acrobatics <laughs> check. Okay, acrobatics is fine. Uh, I'm gonna use uh, inspiration. We all start with one point, right? Nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Worst try. <laughs> Wait, try hold it. up, hold up. Bardic inspiration. You can do it. Sorry. You can do it. <laughs> I can lost the points now. Okay, uh, that's what one d six, one d four. Bardic inspiration. A one d six is correct. Yeah. So eleven, fourteen. Okay, so the spear jams into the axle, the rope catches and begins to wind, shine in at incredible speed. We're on the back of the carriage. The way I picture the stagecoach, it's like wooden coach and there's this like eight inch rise and there's a metal bar that kind of holds the luggage and stuff on top, mm -hmm. yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to basically hook my toes around, like underneath the bar tuck my legs up into my shell so it's my shell and my feet hooked onto the bar <laughs> okay pivot forward in a display of amazing toe strength and try and catch her what, what role do you want to give me that sounds like an athletics that's what I'm working towards hence I was like how can I get the word strength into this thing <laughs> oh I critted I got 24 20 wow. plus 4 <laughs> <laughs> Mark is the greatest <laughs> Grabbing onto Shine just in time and, f and throwing her on top of the wagon, the, um, she is safely out and snapping the rope so it doesn't, I guess, rip apart the um, uh, 
the axle underneath you. Um, that is five successes, two fails. We need one more success to drive us home. Um, up ahead, the fog spills out of the forest to swallow up the road behind you. Ahead, jutting from the impenetrable woods on both sides of the road, are high stone buttresses, looming grey in the fog. Huge iron gates hang on the stonework. Dew clings with cold tenacity to the rusted bars. Two headless statues of armed guardians flank the gate, their heads now lying amongst the weeds at their feet. They greet you with only silence, and as the wagon speeds towards them, the gate begins to creak open. How how far are we from that insect thing? Um, so it's it's not far behind you, about 30 Oh, feet. I am going to... I've had enough of that wand. I'm going to just... Uh, uh, well, it's time to just do what I know. And magic missile, that mother... Uh, okay, so the magic magic missiles speed towards it, crashing into its frozen hide. Um, how do your magic missiles look? They are ghost. They are um, ethereal, ghostly, um, skeletal ravens. Oh, I love it. That is amazing. morons. <laughs> Each one crashes into the devil, one after another, exploding in a hail of bones and feathers in a terrible screech. The devil is forced back, blackened eye showing on its chest. Give me that damage roll. Ah, uh, that was a four. Another another solid four. Whoa. And a five. So, yeah. 13 points of damage. The devil screeches with anger and uh, dismay as the coach plows on through the mist and crashes through the gates. Um, Mirabelle screams and says, You must go! Get off the coach! You cannot leave here! Um, and you are then swallowed by the mists. And as we go, I'm going to, sc- I'm going to uh, scream through the mist. Uh, Dark Lady! You've sent me on this task. If ever you granted a boon to anyone, I'm asking now. And just let myself go into the mist. In another time, in another place, in the strange realm of the Feywild, Mirabel emerges from the mists. There is no sign of the heroes that saved her and the chest. Waiting for her is a strange Eldred artificer, dressed in what seems to be a captain's uniform. Though the uniform seems to be made of leaves, blending from green to the auburn to the reds of autumn. He wears a pair of goggles on his forehead. He's lanky obviously has a cantankerous demeanour. Well, you got it then? We were caught up in the... in the mists. We were attacked by an ice devil. Terrible creature. The heroes that saved me. I thought they'd be killed by the mists. Like everyone who tries to escape Strach Realm. Something strange happened. Something saved them. Could only have been the Raven Green. Well, that sounds strange. Anyway, I've got to take this case on. He heads off um, towards the the trees, dragging the case behind him. No, hang on. I've forgotten one thing. 
and Mirabelle reaches into her bag, a small pouch at her waist, and pulls out a badge. A strange, shadowy thing. As she places it on the case, with two others, spreads out the words saying, Shadowfell. And the Eladrin Artifer disappears into the trees. Thank you all for listening, and a big thank you to Greg Tito, Victoria Rogers, Daniel Kwan, and Wizards of the Coast for organising this awesome event. If you enjoyed our show, then you can hear more of our adventures in Barovia, featuring Owen, Dave, Lisa and myself, at howwewerallpodcast.com, and wherever you can download podcasts. We'd also like to say a big thank you to Callum, and you can find more of his work at rollispod.com, which is spelt R-O-L-I-S-T-E-S-P-O-D. Take care.